It's time. Living Paranormal. Real stories. Real investigators. No scripts. From legends to hauntings. Good evening, everybody. My name is Rob. And I'm Jason. And welcome to Living Paranormal. Guys, we're back for another fantastic week of parachat. You know, the thing that we just love to discuss over the water cooler and it basically, you know, to anybody that'll listen to us. Uh, Jason, how was your week, my friend? Oh, man, it's been outstanding. It's been a lot of, uh, uh, actually got Alessandro for the weekend and breaking in the truck a little bit more and going driving everywhere we can. We decided to go gambling and drove like 200 miles to the closest reservation just to go gambling for a little bit, just for the drive, right. you know. Okay, but so let's, let's, let's do a quick recap on this because you officially earned your redneck card, and I'm very proud of you for that. You've got the guns, you've got the truck, you enjoy your beer, you've been gambling at the Indian casinos, and yeah, I mean, basically, you just need a big chaw of tobacco, man. You're set. I mean, you, you're there. You're right there. You're right there. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. That means a lot coming from you. That's actually the closest you've given me a compliment in a very long time. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> well, how's your weekend been, man? Or week? Uh, my week has been unbelievable. I'm, I'm very proud to announce that I am now a grandfather for the second time, if you can believe that. My daughter gave birth to a very happy and healthy baby boy. Um, yeah, Jack Ryan was born uh, on Friday, and oh, my Lord, that kid's got a set of lungs. Whew. Takes wow, after, yeah, congratulations. Yeah. yeah, unbelievable. We've got a new kitten in the family, and um, actually I've got a medical update for you. I didn't get to tell you this. I have my MRI this coming Wednesday to find out if I need knee surgery again. So, yeah, it's been a hectic week as usual. Uh, nice live investigation last night at the Ramsdale House as well. So, uh, yeah, it's just been uh, almost nonstop enjoyment around here, man. It's just been a crazy, crazy time. So, but yeah, it's a, it's been a good week, man. It's a very, very good week. Anyone that you come out of and still have, well, I was going to say the hair left on your head, but that doesn't really apply to me. So, yeah. you know, kind of forget that one. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like a good week, though. It's always nice to have a very good week like that, be able to relax and then end it all with a nice little uh, dose of living paranormal. So Absolutely. it's always good to be back. What, what better way to finish out a wonderful weekend besides getting to get together with your friends and talk about the paranormal? And man, do we have another great show tonight. Jason, would you care to do the honors and uh, and introduce both of our special uh, appearances, as we would say? Absolutely. You know me. I'd love to do that. One, just a, a bit of a warning for everybody that's listening in right now. I've been having a few connection problems for the last few weeks. And so if I'm suddenly not on the air and you don't hear me in the show anymore, yeah, Rob hosts the live stream. So you'll have a show. However, you'll... Um, You'll actually uh, uh, won't hear from me for a little bit whenever that does happen. So sorry about that. In the event normally, that that does when occur. Jason actually doesn't show up or he does lose connection, the ratings actually improve. So it, you know, we'll, we we make the best with what we got. <laughs> and Jason disappears on purpose. You gotta love it. Gotta love it. Jason, are you there, man, or did you actually drop? Because if you actually dropped, I'm going to feel really, really foolish. Oh, look at that. He actually dropped. Okay. Well, coming up, I've uh, got a very, very special. Our guest host is with us back again this week. Everybody, please welcome the one, the only, and the absolutely fantastic Reverend Robin Marie back to the show. Robin, glad to have you back on with us, honey. How are you this week? 
Well, thank you. Thank you. Been very busy. It was a hectic week, like you were saying. Yep, absolutely. It, it seems like it's a nonstop thing for me and you especially anymore. It seems like you and I never get to uh, actually just kind of sit down and relax for a little bit of time. So, Well, it, you know, we're long overdue for that, and we have to get together, too. Absolutely, yeah. And after uh, we get a few of the medical things taken care of and kind of pinched out of the way, I think it uh, will probably improve our uh, our odds on it. Yeah. It looks like Jason well, actually might be back with us, too. So that, uh, yeah. Are you there, Jason? Yeah. Well, God willing, you don't have to have surgery again. I, I'm hopeful, honey. I really am. I always try to keep the positive spin on things, of course, as best we can. And, um, <clears throat> you know, we'll just uh, take it one day at a time, as it were. But I tell you what, Robin, let's mm-hmm. do something. Let's do this a little bit different this week because the, the introduction of the guest is always something that I have, I'm, for some reason, struggled with. And it's, it's unusual. So I tell you what, Robin, I'm going to set you loose on this because uh, uh, the guest <laughs> that we have tonight is actually very special to you. So um, I can think yeah. of nobody better to take up the helm with uh, Jason's silent absence uh, echoing in the background. So, Robin, if you would do the honors, I would appreciate it. Yes, this woman is just, she's phenomenal. Everybody that knows her in the paranormal field just absolutely adores her. Um, she's wild and crazy, cut-up kind of chick, so you never really know what to expect. So it's a lot of fun being out and doing investigations with her and research work. But on the serious side, she knows her stuff. She's very dedicated. Um, she's the founder of um, of uh, the Beyond the Veil Paranormal Research. And this is more or less my home team that I've worked with up in New England. So it's very passionate to me as well. And, of course, we have Carl Johnson and, you know, several others that are on the team. And uh, they're all very well-seasoned in the field. So I'd like to introduce Dina Palatini. Dina, welcome to the show. We are very happy to have you here with us tonight. After having a couple of reschedules, I might add, due to some uh, rather bad luck on your end. But thank you for coming on with us tonight. We're glad to have you. Thank you for having me. And thanks for being patient and having me back because I had to cancel on you. Yes, yeah, kind of... Um, I came down with the flu, and then I turned into pneumonia, and it was horrible, and I was sick for weeks, but I'm on the mend, and uh, I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. And, you know, anytime something like that comes up, you know, it, the, the best that you, you can do is just rest and a lot of times just let it run its course. But we're glad that you're back and feeling uh, significantly better and healthier at this point. So we're very glad to have you. Now, um, Dina, if you don't mind me asking, and I'll just kind of uh, start the old ball rolling, as they say. Um, what first brought you into your love of the paranormal? Because I always like to kind of get a background, uh, a little bit of a background check with our guests when they come in. So what, what first lit the fire under you to start delving into? this subject well when i was four um i started seeing spirits and hearing spirits and then when i was about i'm gonna have to say about nine or ten i was living in fall river massachusetts in a house on chapin street and a book went flying across the room and i was the only one in the room so i get up and i'm looking to see if the windows are open or i was trying to debunk it is basically what I was trying to do. But I found it fascinating. And I'd go to bed at night, and I was sleeping on the second floor. There was an older house, and I could hear uh, footsteps walking up to my room, and I could feel something putting the covers over me. 
So basically, ever since I was around, you know, 10, 11 years old, I've awesome. been fascinated with it. So you you actually like a, a few of the guests we've had. You had your experience at a very very young age. Now we're and you know, I guess this is kind of delving into the the personality and the personal side of it a little bit. But when this first happened to you, did did you, you know, do like a lot of kids would do? Did you go to your parents and tell them the experiences that you had? And I mean, you know, kind of how did that 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 evolve for you? How did that how that go? I never told anybody about it. Um, I pretty much kept that to myself. For many years, um, actually into my 30s, wow. because you just didn't really talk about it. You know, it was it was bad. You know, go so she's nuts. You know, she needs to be on medication, and um, you just didn't talk about it back then. Now it's everybody talks about it. You know, once you say you're, you're a paranormal researcher and you go out ghost hunting, everybody has a story to tell. Oh, yeah. um, it's more open now. It's, it's a lot more open now. Absolutely. I think we have a, a, a lot of, uh, of people that broke ground in the television field to actually thank for the acceptance that we're starting to get in the, you know, people being a little more understanding of the culture behind it and uh, understanding that we're not the, the quote-unquote devil worshipers or, you know, the whatever the other stigma was that, that kind of followed that around back in the day. So, yeah, a little a little more uh, fluent with it. So d- did you continue to have these experiences through your childhood? Did they intensify kind of? How did it evolve from those first few steps that you took in, you know, looking on this side of the veil, as it were? Um, I wouldn't say they intensified. I mean, if there was a spirit around, I could feel it. I, and to this day, I can still walk into a house and um, feel the presence of someone if, if they're there. Um, it's basically been the same. I mean, I could see spirit a lot better when I was younger than I can now, but I, I still see them occasionally. I'm not like I did when I was a kid. So when you were younger, you, it, it, it would appear that you were a little more open as far as what you were able to visibly see or even see, I guess, through the third eye. Um, you know, when, well, let me ask you this because we may want to qualify this a little bit. When you, when you did say that you could see the spirits, was it, was it an actual image that you could see or was it something more of a... Uh, for lack of a better term, like a, I guess a subconscious echo that would would appear. To no, it was an actual image. It was an actual um, ghost spirit. The first one I saw was a woman. Uh, I could see what she was dressed in. The second one, when I lived on the in um, Fall River, it was a man, and it was like he was checking up on us kids, checking us in, or just kind of looking over us. Um, sometimes I still get, I do see, um, individuals, I like to call them individuals because they are human beings that pass on, you know, I don't, I don't like to call them ghosts. They're, they're individuals, they're human, they're humans that have passed on. And in one of my houses I lived in, in Rhode Island, it was a woman, uh, dressed all in white. It was like back in the forties kind of nightgown had the white eyelet on it. it it was pretty and she also had a ghost cat which i saw it was a yellow tabby so it was interesting it's, it's oh, wow. interesting it doesn't scare me though 
Well, that's good. That's very good. So you, actually, a ghost animal, and you, we, I've actually had some reports of even clients, um, you know, that would contact me and say that they've seen, you know, spiritual animals walking through their house. I've even seen a couple of pretty decent videos. Is that something, and you've got to forgive me if these act, you know, sound like kind of foolish questions, because I have absolutely zero sensitivity in this area. I, I am probably one of the more blocked off people you'll ever talk to when it comes to seeing anything that falls outside the realm of the physical. Um, is that something that occurs frequently that you do see uh, a spectral animal, for lack of a better term? Or I do. I've seen many cats. I've never seen a dog, but I've seen many cats. I don't know. And I'm not a cat person. I don't know why they, they show themselves to me. <laughs> I'm just not a cat person. I like dogs and horses and things like that, but they seem to like to rub against my leg and show themselves. Maybe because they know I'm not a cat person, I guess. <laughs> yeah, probably. Cat, <laughs> cats have a little bit of an attitude anyway, so that kind of plays, and I guess, to their twisted personality of having fun with people that they uh-huh. don't care about. I normally, think that- yeah, I mean, normally if you're not a cat person and you walk into a home with a cat, you're the one the cat's going to target. So I guess they, kind of like people, they remain the same once they cross as well. So not very encouraging if you're not a cat fan, however. So, yeah. It's not that I don't love cats or like cats. I'm just not a cat person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah I think they kind of stay on the other side of the room. Right. They're fun Honestly. to look at, just don't want them in your lap, basically. So. No, I don't like the hair in my nose. No. I know. Just not a cat person. So, so through through the years growing up, though, you continued to have some of these experiences, and you did mention that you didn't see them quite as vividly. Did, um, for example, did your um, the other senses that you have did they become more acute towards this though? As far as the sensitivity to spirits being around you, did that evolve, or did that kind of stay on a similar plane? It kind of stayed on a similar plane. Um, like I said, I don't see them as clearly as I used to when I was younger. Um, it's kind of hard to explain. It's, oh, it's as you get older. You're, you're doing other things, you're just, not when you're a kid, you're playing, you're innocent. Right. Now it's bills, you got to see this, you do that, and phones ring in, and, you know, you have so much on your mind, your mind isn't as open as it is right. when you're a child, if you can kind of understand. Yeah, and you know, and you have to forgive this line of questioning. As somebody that does not have this gift, it can be very difficult for for me to understand exactly. I guess the the stages or the processes. I'm surprised Robin hasn't jumped on me for saying I'm completely blind to this because of what happened to me in Centralia. But <laughs> <laughs> I know you're sitting yeah. there giggling behind <laughs> behind closed doors at that one, Robin. But um, you know, so I, I try to get any of the other listeners, for example, that have not had these types of experiences, some I, I guess some kind of a footage or a foundation for what it, it must be like to grow up with this extraordinary talent that both you and Robin share. Um, and at the same time, you know, it has to be very kind of almost jarring and life altering at times because I know Robin and you and I have had some some longer discussions about that. Oh yes. It's a little bit of fun when I go out with Robin when we go to a on an investigation because her and I together it's crazy because she's so sensitive and psychic and whatever you want to call it. But when her and I get together, it's like the energy just our energies come together mm-hmm. and things happen. Very much um, so. Almost like becoming almost I would say a super magnet type 
of, of attraction because I mean you you guys obviously you know, you've worked very well together. Robin's told me a little bit about your uh, you know the, you guys are doing some work together. So I would imagine that when you're together that your your abilities probably I, I would say feed each other or uh, do oh, you seem to have different it's specialties? Super I mean, charged. You know, I just want to throw in there when we've been together, you know, for years. Dina has never really professed to being like a medium. It's always a researcher or, you know, cryptozoology or something else along that line. Although we all know that she's a sensitive and she certainly does things as a medium would. She just hasn't really professed to be that. Like, that's my label. Right. But she actually gave me maybe the most profound message that a medium has ever done in my whole entire life. And Dina, do you remember when we were at the hotel? I do. And it was a re- I gave you a reading about your brother, and I thought you were going to fall on the floor. But it just came out, and that's how it happens with me. If you want to talk about that a little more, I I'd want to hear it. Yes, it, I'll tell you, nobody, and I've, I've, of course, had readings and have done readings all of my life, you know, since I was five years old. And I've just never come across anybody that pinpointed something in such detail in just saying a couple of words. And people that I teach and train out there and take classes, uh, you know, the people train with me taking classes, I tell them, you know, when you're delivering a message, one word is all it really takes to have somebody be able to uh, make that confirmation that spirit is actually coming through. And she gave me one of those aha moments that I just, I couldn't believe what came out. Um, Dina didn't know about a half-brother that I had that, that really wasn't part of my life since I knew her. And, uh, you know, I told her, I think around that time, that he had recently passed away while I was in Centralia, believe it or not. So Dina went to, what do you call it, freaking Frackenville. <laughs> it was freaking, freaking Frackenville. Yes, we always stay, stay in uh, Frackville, which is out by uh, Centralia. Oh, yeah. And, of course, you know, we call it freaking Frackenville. But, Everybody's um, zombies out there. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was just very casual. And just her being near me, I guess my half-brother started to come through. And what's funny is I was actually down there when he passed away, right in that same area. And she didn't even know about any of that said, oh, she was talking to spirit, and I do this. I know that it was genuine because this is how I get messages. Sometimes they show me things that are so comical or so embarrassing that you don't want to repeat it back to the person. You don't know how they're going to react. Right. But she said, he's telling me to tell you about Gumby. <laughs> Gumby? And, yes, it actually goes back to him and I when we were teenagers. We always watched SNL, Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah. And him and I used to, you know, I love comedy, and, and we're both in theatrics. And so we used to try to reenact the skits that we saw on the show. And so he would be Gumby, and I would be Pokey. And we would do <laughs> the whole thing that, uh, you know, the whole skit that they had on the show there. So right, when Eddie he Murphy. said that, right. that was so amazing because no one on earth 
never knew that about the two of us. And that's the type of that's the type of a confirmation, I believe, in an evidence that a lot of people would need to know that it is a legitimate phenomenon that they're witnessing, something that's just so personal and so, you know, not necessarily earth shattering, but secretive, even a you know, a shared moment like the two of you had with the Saturday Night Live skits. And that added a hundred percent credence to what she was telling you at that point, right? Oh, it, it was just it floored me. And I mean, I always look for people to be very genuine and to be authentic. And you know, I always like to bust people when they're false, you know, as far as mediums go and, and psychics. I, I really want people to, um, you know, really put their best foot forward and to be real with people. I, I can't tolerate fakes and or people that are exaggerating, trying to be something they're not. And so Dina proved it to me that night that she truly connected with spirit. That'll be three dollars, Robin. Yes. <laughs> the bill, the check is in I the mail, right, Robin? I don't, I don't do readings, so nobody, nobody inbox me about no. doing readings because I don't do it. No, not my field. Right. You inbox Robin, and let me tell you, Robin does some really <laughs> excellent readings. I'm going to tell I, you. It blows my mind every time, but I'm, I don't do it. I do it when spirit comes to me. Um, yeah, which isn't every yeah. day, you know. But Robin has that gift, so uh, I want to put that out there for anybody listening also. Thank you. Well, a really, really yeah. funny story, actually, Dina, and mm-hmm. I don't know if you were aware of this or not, but uh, Robin, early on when we first started this uh, this blog show that we do, she did a reading for myself and for Jason, my co-host, and you know she was very dead on. Jason and I are very similar when it comes to uh, to looking at somebody that has these types of gifts. We're somewhat skeptical, not to the point of complete disbelief, but we do want a a very good level of proof, you know. And I think that that's what any mm-hmm. real investigator would want. So, you know, she's right on money with what she's telling me, and I'm just sitting here kind of awe-inspired. But I've worked with Robin before. This is nothing new to me with her. I already knew that she was legit. Speaking I, of uh, earth-shattering moments of communication, hi, y'all. How's it going? I hear you <laughs> Well, what I had to do was actually call out of, okay, so full explanation real quick, connection issues, problems. So what I decided to do instead of using the Internet connection, I called out using the studio's phone line and called into our own show. So, yeah. Hi guys, <laughs> I'm back. I'm back on the. Yeah, you sound fine. Well, if you ever had reason to complain about the hold music that we use, you'd know about it now. Okay, so yeah, just so you know. <laughs> exactly, it's my fault. <laughs> but either I did have a chance, however, to listen to the show while y'all were speaking. I, I threw it on my phone at you know livingparanormal.com/slash/live uh, during show times. So people <laughs> can actually listen live to the show and even communicate in the chat room. I've been part of the chat room as well. Uh, we have Warlock, of course, in there, along with Reverend Robin Marie and Kim. So thank you all, including George, who had just stepped out for a moment. But definitely want to thank everybody for listening and also for giving me a chance to get back on the air. Sorry about that. No, that's uh, all right, man. We're, we are glad to have you. <laughs> no, thanks, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, but the really interesting uh, origin as far as your interest, uh, Dina. Is that okay if I call you Dina, by the way? I'd hate to just Of be... course. Okay, cool. Let's, let's not be <laughs> Okay. Well, I just want I just want to say that it's very interesting how you had that experience, but it didn't frighten you away from the paranormal. You started you ran head first towards it. So that's that's excellent. Of course you're well, so. I, I didn't run. I'm not the dude run kind of girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, the first, I'm the first one in and the last one out, actually. That sounds familiar. Yep. 
Yeah, that, that's how I roll. Yeah, I'm with you on that as well. I, I like to—I don't know—I I don't know if I call it—I I like to make sure everyone is on the same page and everyone's in groups and where we're supposed to be. So I actually insist on being the last one out of the room a majority of the time, so I can make sure I keep track of everybody. You know, for safety reasons and things like that, make sure we're having a very thorough investigation. So I, I get that for more than one reason. I love being in haunted areas, and then I also, for practical reasons, like to keep track of everyone. So I just want to say hi. Uh, also, uh, Eddie Olivo, my brother, just jumped into the room. So hi, Eddie, uh, and all the kids there. Uh, welcome to the show. We certainly appreciate you there. Um, but, yeah, just a fascinating conversation, guys. And I'm sorry just to interrupt and jump in and just blah, this is me. Just thought I'd just chime in and say hi. I'm here back on the air. So thank you so much for having the patience with me tonight. We certainly appreciate it. Yeah, now, absolutely. Dina, when did you first, if I, I'm sorry, Rob and, and uh, Robin, did y'all have another question to ask me? Because if not, I can just jump on in and start right, you know, the ground and keep running. Yeah, go ahead, man, because, you know, I'm, my back's kind of sore from carrying the first part of the show while you weren't here. So you, you go ahead and just knock yourself out, man. Throw out one good question. It's, it, it's up to you, man. No pressure. I can hum the Jeopardy theme if it'll help you with your inspiration. No problem. <laughs> I'm so this is the first of, of many uh, very hard-hitting questions. So, do you know what's your favorite breakfast cereal? Oh God! <laughs> hey, you're pulling that. Look, look. If, if you're going to use if you're going to use one of my jokes, you did it well. Congratulations. <laughs> what did Dana? That's a flashback. I actually we had a, a guest come on. I don't even remember who it was. Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> Cocoa Pebble. Hey, I had Fruity Pebbles right before we came on, so we're on we're on the same same page here. Now, I actually we had a guest come on. Yeah. Well, we had a guest come on one time that said that he's heard every single question that had ever been asked, so we couldn't possibly surprise him. So I decided in my infinite wisdom to make the very first question I asked him what his favorite breakfast food was, and it actually caught him completely flat-footed. He, he you know, it, it completely caught him off guard. So Jason likes to reference that every once in a while because that was kind of one of, uh, I guess, mine and his shining moments on the show. So. <laughs> Just thought I'd ask a random question, but how do you like to investigate whenever you do investigate? Honestly, um, I do do it alone, but I like the confirmation of evidence when I have another person there. I like that other person to be there to, to see what I saw or heard what I heard. Um, so basically, I like to go with another person. I really do because I like that confirmation. Rob, as I usually say, you know, whenever you have an experience by yourself, it's a personal experience, and with two people have it, a confirmation, it can be possibly evidence. So that's a good exactly. thing. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. It's very, very, uh, I try to use the word pragmatic. It's a good pragmatic view of things. So. <laughs> and it's funny whenever you use the word pragmatic mm -hmm. and paranormal in the same conversation. So I'd like Who's to take pregnant? that opportunity. <laughs> pregnant? <laughs> wow. That, that escalated quickly. That escalated quickly. Nice. Yeah, nice. yeah, not it. Everyone's going to say not it real quick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, honestly, I, I wish I was because I'd be one wealthy dude right now. You know? <laughs> no kidding. Certainly would. That day is coming. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. If I were pregnant, I'd explain the gut, but it's not. I'm a guy, so that's just the way it is. But either way. <laughs> anyway, sorry. See, that's my job, to derail the show entirely and go off on a completely different tangent. So, mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, welcome way. back, Jason. We did miss you. It was getting way too serious without you here. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I was listening, I was like, man, Rob, you're all like getting hard-hitting journalists all of a sudden. Okay, now, please keep, please keep in mind through all of this, and, and you and Robin both know this, and I probably should have warned Dina, um, where I'm having some knee problems, Dina, they've got me on some pretty good medication, so from time to time, I kind of 
go a little loopy into left field. So if that happens, Jason's usually halfway decent at either bringing me back or jumping on the train and riding it to crazy town with me. So it could go either way. <laughs> All right. So I'm just, you, you know you've what? been officially warned. Go with it. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's not often that you can use drugs legally. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know. Well, I could either come on and do a weird question like the breakfast cereal, or I could just say something open ended and be like, "Dina, uh, sheep squatch thoughts go." No, but we're not gonna. We're not just gonna do that to somebody. But we are gonna touch on that kind of phenomena, though. If you want to talk about a little bit about it now, Dina, have you heard of sheep squatch? Isn't that crazy? I have. I've also heard of the Easter Bunny, but you know what? People, people are seeing things, and, you know, I can't say just because I've never seen a sheep squatch doesn't mean they don't exist. You know, people are seeing things, so we don't know what they're seeing. And things need to be, uh, be researched. I mean, it's a big world we live in. We, we haven't touched on everything on this earth. No, you're absolutely yeah. right. It would be arrogant for us to. It would be very arrogant for us to believe that we have a complete understanding of everything that does exist in nature. As far as sheep squatch goes, the jury's still very much out on that one. Um, I, I actually feel kind of bad about bringing that one to everyone's attention when we did the show. Yeah. That was awful. I'm so sorry. That's that's the Laura, that's the Laura Tab talking. Yeah, that's the Laura Tab. <laughs> yeah, well, Reverend Robin just went by. And, and I saw that. I saw that afterwards. So, yeah, yeah Robin, great, <laughs> great minds think alike, <laughs> and so I, do ours. I have, a, so. <laughs> I have a haunted keyboard. I apologize. <laughs> I said bad, not boo. So, Dan, we've kind of covered, and I'll get us back on track. We kind of covered, you know, your your entry into bringing you into into the paranormal world with the personal experiences you had when you were younger. Um, what actually um, st- really moved you once that you became older, though, to, to make a, I don't want to say a career of this, but in, in a lot of our cases, it does seem like it becomes almost a second profession. But what spurred you to move on into doing even deeper and deeper research? Deeper and deeper research of spirit worlds. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just we've gotten so much evidence on, um, you know, EVPs or things on video. You have to try. You have to research it when you see things. You have to try and figure out why or where or how or, I mean, is there another dimension? It coming through. You know, is the veil thinner on certain nights? I mean, why is the witching hour at 3 o'clock in the morning? I mean, you, you try and you got to figure this out because people want to know, is there a life after death? We all want to know that. Right. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. Everybody that's yep. listening, you're going to die. Wow. We're not going to live forever. Or are we going to live forever? I mean, we that's part of it. I think it's part of it for all of us is we want to know what's on the other side. Yeah, no that's doubt. very true. Yeah, that's very, very true. Well, what do you say uh, to people I, whenever they tell you that there's no evidence for ghosts? Because I've had people come up to me and say, there is absolutely no evidence uh, that ghosts exist. Uh, what do you say to somebody like that? I just tell them that you're going to be worm food and, you know, let me do my job and you go and when you die, you'll be worm food. I, oh, I like that. I know there's spirits. I know there's spirits there. I've seen them. I mean, I've seen many other people and that I know that don't even do this. They don't even do this kind of thing. And they have seen spirits and heard things and they come to me and they're scared because they don't know what it is. 
Right. It's just funny that people can be just dismissive of so many personal experiences that people have. I mean, granted, a personal experience is a personal experience, but some of the first stories are ghost stories, uh, and they involve ghosts. I mean, the mm-hmm. epic of Gilgam- Gilgamesh involves a ghost encounter. So, I mean, that's a unifying presence that we have. Now, granted, just like Dina, just like you said, we all die, so perhaps that commonality breeds a bit of familiar stories or similar stories, but... Still, we have this thread that we all kind of grasp onto, and I think we all know is real and is there. But I, just, I found it interesting, and I want to take that That's, moment to yeah. ask you what your thought was to that mm-hmm. when someone came up to you and asked that. So, but outside of that, whenever you, uh, what was your very first investigation when you kind of like said, "This is me. I'm doing my investigation." What was your first investigation like? I think it was when I was a kid, living on Chapin Street and Fall River, Mass, and when I had that book fly across the room. I started investigating my own house, like staying up late, listening, or you know, things like that. I mean, did I you try to go to the library and do some research on it to see if any techniques, or did you pretty much just feel your way around it? I was just a kid. I didn't know that there'd be books about it. I, I was trying to figure it all out anyway. Like I said, I was seeing spirits since I was four. And I thought it was natural. And we, I, see, I see dead people. It's all good. That's definitely not a line that's in the sixth sense. Although that would have been a hilarious <laughs> version. And I just want to say, you know, Dina teaming up with Carl Johnson, and uh, and certainly Keith and Sandra and all of them being part of our research. That you know, we've taken a lot from Carl's background as well. Carl's a very smart man. I mean, he, he does the demon thing. I, I don't want those type of spirits. Now, yeah. now I have to say, that scares me. Okay? The, demons scare me. I mean, are they demons or are they just mean people? Mean dead people? I mean, I don't know. Well, I can say that there are probably going to be mean spirits that were once people, because if you're a jerk in real life, like uh-huh. Rob is fond of saying, you're probably a jerk in the afterlife. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I, th- I think there's a defining difference in the characteristics of the two because there are limits to what a, a normal spirit can do where at least through my personal experiences, I can't really talk for other people's, of course, it seems like that on those very rare and very few demonic entities that we have come across, you know, it is really a totally different ball of wax. That they, They're much stronger, more forceful, more powerful, and they do have a greater ability to exert their will on those that are around them than a spirit or a regular ghost would. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, I, I get physically ill when I'm in a house that has any kind of I don't know if I want to say demon or demonic. We usually use the demon. D word. Is what we say, the D word. Demon, demon is like a religion. It's like religious, you know, the devil and God. Not everybody wants to hear that. And I don't even, I'm not saying I'm an atheist. I'm definitely not. I just believe in higher power, um, higher good power, that is. But I do believe there is stronger stronger inhuman and I'm going to have to put it that way inhuman entities out there because I've seen I've seen some stuff right seen some stuff I've seen people get scratched knocked down and kicked across the room I mean it's crazy so So in those 
in those instances when you do run into a spirit that you believe may be an inhuman spirit, by the way, great word, and it's a textbook version of it, and that's a great word we can use from here, uh, but when you do encounter an inhuman spirit, what is your usual response? Do you, you know, kind of pump that off to somebody else who typically does deal with that kind of phenomena, or uh, what's your approach? Well, I go in with Carl Johnson. He's a demonologist. He studied and all that. And I really smudge myself really, really good with gauge, and I put the, the bubble of light and protection around me because I don't, I don't like it. I'm not gonna. Uh, I just don't like it. it we we all out. have our roles. We all have our roles on the team. We all have our roles, exactly. Yeah. But I don't go in scared because I don't want anything thinking I'm scared because I'm not. I just don't like them. It cre- it creeps me out. Yeah, it's very understandable, too. Just inhuman spirits in general are very terrifying experiences to have or to encounter. I find them personally very rare. Do you see them becoming increasingly more common, or do you think you just have the, I suppose you could say, bad luck of running into so many? I think it's uh, increasing. I really do. We've been getting a lot of uh, emails and stuff about whatever, bad things, bad spirits. And, you know, look at the world. Look at the world we live in. With it. It's just, it's not a nice world. You know, um, people are not nice to each other. They're not nice to animals. They're not nice. They're just not nice anymore. You know, and I stay far away from humans. I have a small circle of friends that will be my friends forever. But other than that, I really don't like to be around human beings because... Um, what they represent. Right. Now, you know, this kind of also brings into another question, because we're talking about there seems to be a greater influx of the the non-human reported entities anymore. And I actually had this posed to me, and I wasn't really sure how to answer it, so this might be a good forum to actually expose it in. Um, How much do you think we as investigators have thinned the veil or opened the doorway, even through what is being taught on the t- on the TV shows, for example, as in bad practices, to actually cause or instigate the increases that seem to be going on. I think a lot of people that don't know what they're doing, and I'm not saying we know what we're doing. We don't even really know what we're dealing with. You know, but you get people out there and they're in graveyards screaming at spirits and swearing mm-hmm. at them. I, I really hate that. I mean, what are you doing? Why are you disrespecting these these people, these these entities, you know, and I think a lot of that probably provokes, and, and I'm not into provoking. Um, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, it does, because, I, you know, I, I started to kind of look at myself in a way when that happened as far as how, you know, the techniques that we use to make sure that we use as much safety as possible when we go in. Um, what do you think? What is What is your feedback on that, Robin? What do you think? Oh, I definitely agree with uh, with what's being said. That um, you know, in a sense, it's not really that we send it. Uh, it is becoming thinner. I feel as though uh, there is more spirit connection. It was predicted that this was going to happen, uh, not only biblically, but uh, also astrologically through astronomy, through astrology through uh, numerology, all of those pointed to this period of time when the veil would be thinning, which means not only we could communicate with the other side, but they could get through to us. But that also opens up the door to things that are 
not of spirit nature. Right. So we're getting everything that's coming through. I like the way you explained it. I just couldn't get those words out of my mouth, Robin. That's Thank you. I, I, very, I was only able to say that because all of you started everything and you warmed me up. I think as long as we've been studying the paranormal, people have been talking about the possible thinning of the veil. And I don't know if it's just a product of, oh, increasing awareness whenever the paranormal becomes kind of in vogue. Mm -hmm. You know, through TV and radio and all of that, I'm sorry, I have to include all of us as well, because Dina and I have done tons of television. But, you know, on one hand, it's good that we've brought awareness fun to get more people involved and more interested in connecting with spirit. But as we know, a lot of people in the field of the paranormal research, they're not researchers. It's a right. hobby, it's fun, it's entertainment, and they do take a very negative approach. You know, it's, people are stoned, people are drunk, people are, you know, yeah. fooling around for the weekend. Uh, you know, I've seen all kinds of things. I know Dina has too. And people just bring negative actions from this plane. So that's who's knocking on the door of the spirit world. That's what they're receiving on the other side. And they're not happy about it. You you wouldn't be happy. How do you like someone walking up to, you know, uh, being so aggressive? Like I say, you know, come on, show yourself. Turn on this light. How many times have I heard that? I know, right? You know, oh, act like a man... Yeah, yeah, act like a man, turn on this light. It's horrible. <laughs> if you said that it in real hard. life, you'd wind up with a bar stool across the head. Yeah, no kidding. Exactly. No well, kidding. and rightfully so. If I was a ghost and somebody did that in the home that I was haunting, they would instantly think it's demonic spirits because that would mess them up. You'd hear, like, the word piñata oh, sure. come over the ovulus, and then it start beating them with a stick. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, if, if people approached uh-huh. just anybody walking down the street with that type of an attitude, that type of a, a command, uh, you know, when, when we when, – and I'm, and I'm sure anybody that, that knows what they're doing will teach the same type of theory that we do. And that is you always approach these spirits with the same type of respect that you would, you know, approach a stranger on the street or somebody else. His family member, because in re- in reality, that's most likely who you're talking to. You could be cussing out a grandmother. You could be cussing out a little child. Mm-hmm. There, there's no sense in taking that type of a brute. Uh, I would call it a brutalistic approach to it, because it's number one, very disrespectful, and number two, it's not going to do anything but in you know incite. Um, negativity towards you and even though you can get some results like that, it's not necessarily the results that we want to get. Well said. So, Thank you. Thank you very much. See, the Lord, the Lord tab hasn't completely knocked me out of my seat yet. Uh, now, Dina, um, you, you did tell us a little bit about some of the, the you know, the, uh, the early investigation that you did in your own home. But if you had to pick the one place that you just feel like that you could go time and time again and investigate and just enjoy being at, what is your favorite location to do this at? I mean, do you have like that one little cherry spot that you don't care to share that? Uh, I'm not going to say it on air, but yeah, it's actually local, and I would love to take Robin there. She would absolutely love it. It's a cemetery, and um, actually, a lot my of, favorite. A lot of idiots have been going in that cemetery and knocking over headstones. So I'd like to be there one night when it's yeah. and really scare the bejeebies out of them. You know. And well, either that or help add a couple of ghosts to the to the colony that happens to be there. Good. There's no reason for people to go in there and be disrespectful. That's just insane. 
Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I could drop out of a tree and scare the, the jeebies out of them. I, I'll do it. They'll never come back. <laughs> you go in there right I'd rather just see that. Oh, I would do it, too. I, I was so upset the other day when I went and saw some of these headstones. And this, this place was it's 300 years old. I mean, it is an old cemetery. I mean, even if you don't have any respect for the paranormal, have some respect for history. I mean, come on. Some some common sure. decency. Just some common decency. This is people's last place of rest. No one wants you to mess with that. And just, I don't know, anyone listening right now, of course, we always talk about this, but respect the places that you're in, the people and the places. They're very, very important. You want other people to enjoy it, too, when you're gone. Uh, and you're below ground and they're around. So, you know, be decent to each other at the very, at the very, very least. Otherwise, you'll never know. Dina's going to come back riding on a horse through the cemetery. <laughs> and she's going to teach you a lesson. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, if, if Halloween has taught me anything, I'm pretty sure that we can come up with a really good costume for you if you want to do that, Dana. We can just kind of uh, oh, dress you up as. Yeah. Yeah, the headless yeah, horse lady. The headless that horse lady. That'd be great. Yeah. Oh, I already thought of that. And put. Uh, Glow-in-the-dark skeleton on the horse. Glow-in-the-dark, so when we're, like, galloping down, all I see is a skeleton on the horse. It's really cool. I've seen it on YouTube. It was Oh, that would be awesome. We're, we're going to need video of that if that happens. It's going to be hilarious. <laughs> I would love to see that. I would love to see that. Uh, well, it's funny you brought that up because I actually have on my shirt, my investigation shirt from uh, Plymouth, and it's a glow-in-the-dark skeleton. Really? Oh, that's um, awesome. Mm-hmm. See, Jason, we could put that on and we could see what it actually felt like to be skinny. So, hey, yeah, bonus. Yeah. <laughs> this is what it's like when you can see your bones. I haven't seen my collarbone since like the first, since the administration. So, <laughs> I told him to eat. <laughs> I told him to eat. <laughs> well, you know, that's, I, I, I've got to say this just for the record. If you are ever on a diet, please do not go around Robin when she's cooking. The woman is just phenomenal. Oh, forget about it. Oh, oh my man. lord, yeah. dude! Forget I got to tell you, the, the yeah, <laughs> the last time that we were up there, she made these chocolate cupcakes with whole cherries inside of them, and I mean, oh, unbelievable stuff! I just had to throw that out there as a plug for Robin. To, well, I don't have to do that when Dean is with me. Tell him what you do. Oh no! Oh, poor Robin. She's like, I'm on this diet. I'm like, can we go to that ice cream parlor? Do you remember that ice cream parlor, the one with the homemade ice cream? The one where I get the triple chocolate with the cheesecake mix, and I put the syrup and the jimmies on it, and she's like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) The first day, day she gets one scoop. The next day, she went to the two scoops. The next day, she got a full-blown sundae. Then she started (laughs) with banana split. No, you were the banana split girl. (laughs) <laughs> That's my right. kind of weekend. I'm I like this. I'm officially getting hungry, this, just so you know. This went on for a couple of weeks when she stayed over. Oh, yes. I couldn't help it. She, I, well, she I gained 40 pounds. <laughs> oh, my. Now, coming back on topic, and that's really what <laughs> actually does that, <laughs> especially when wow. we're talking about food. But one thing that, t- that y'all said interested me, it, it piqued my interest. A long time ago, when I started really reading these things, one of my favorite topics, or, or not topics, but authors, was a man named Daniel Cohen. I'm not sure if any of y'all are familiar with him, and it, it's perfectly understandable if you're not. He wrote nonfiction books for the younger audience, and a lot of it was about the paranormal. 
So if you're out there and you're looking for nonfiction paranormal books that actually, strangely enough, target pre-teen and teen audiences, you can look for Daniel Cohen. He's, he's still alive, and he's been prolific since the 70s. But he wrote about cemeteries, and one thing he said, which I've seen a lot of people refute or give at least contradictory statements, so I'm kind of interested in y'all's approach on this, graveyards. I hear a lot of people love doing graveyards. You know, you even mentioned that graveyard is your favorite location. Do you think that graveyards in general are haunted, or do you think that uh, most graveyards aren't really haunted since no one technically died there, no one really likes to spend a lot of time there when they're alive? Well, some people do. I, I do when it's you know, holidays and things like that, and I want to visit family. But what is your opinion on that? Do you think graveyards in general are haunted, Dina? I think not all, not all of them, no. There are certain ones. Um, I believe there are certain elements to certain graveyards that can make them haunted. Um, like the one that I frequent, um, there's a lot of magnetic rock in the area, and I think that might have something to do with it. Um, I'm not going to say what kind of rock it is, because I don't want right. a bunch of people there. But right, right. Uh, a lot of an abundance of magnetic rock. I think that's what makes it one of the most haunted cemeteries around. And then there's another one, actually. There's one right here in Woonsocket, and um, it's called, this one I can say, it's Precious Blood Cemetery, and, well, Carl Johnson actually knows the full story, because he uses it all the time for his tours, but um, there was a great flood, and a lot of the caskets got washed out and went into the, um, oh, the no. reservoir. Oh, no. So a lot of the bodies are misplaced and in different grave sites with different markers. So I think that might have a lot to do with why that cemetery is um, haunted. So I think there's different elements to different places of why certain places are haunted and why certain places aren't. True. Okay. So it makes sense. So you're saying that cemetery in and of itself not necessarily haunted. However, a cemetery with history or some type of ge uh, geological formations, such as igneous or ferrous rocks or magnetic rocks, things of that nature, uh, limestone deposits, things like that, they can help uh, cause hauntings or, or occurrences. I definitely think so. I mean, that's just my opinion. And people could be blasting me right now on the, on the Internet. I really don't know because I'm on my phone. But um, I do think that certain places have certain elements that will help with that. Right. No, no, it's mm -hmm. your it's it's a it's not just an opinion, it's an educated statement. So and I, I appreciate that. You're pulling off of experience. So we're not gonna ridicule you for that since it's of course something that you've experienced personally and I appreciate it. I really did want to know your thoughts on that. And Robin, if I could turn that to you actually for a moment, what do you think about that? Do you think cemeteries are haunted oh. in general? Because I saw you had a, a very positive uh, um well in general, you know, I at the grocery store is haunted. Every place I see spirit. <laughs> So I really don't see anything different. It's just that, you know, there's a lot of people that are around in the cemetery, a lot of spirits. But, you know, I, I see them everywhere. I could go into a particular house and see just as many. So, but I totally agree with Dina that, you know, there's certain uh, predispositions, you know, and, and geographically, that's a major thing. Of course, Dina lives right on the edge of the Bridgewater Triangle, which oh, wow. we've talked about. So, oh, yes. you know, and, and that's where I grew up. So that's, it's just absolutely off the Richter. 
And that's for everything that's in the paranormal umbrella, not just spirit. Oh, right. And it's a good thing you brought that up, too, because our guest tonight, Dana, you're not just a paranormal researcher investigating ghosts, but you also branch off into other fields of the paranormal study. Is that right? You're, you're also a cryptozoologist or an interest in cryptozoologist? I, I'm interested right? in crypto, yes. Um, Bigfoot, my main man right there. Um, yes. So what first, piqued your in, what first piqued your interest about Bigfoot, if I may? Wow. Uh, I've seen him, actually, right in the Bridgewater Triangle. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. There's a lot of cryptids there. Yeah, it's unbelievable. What? What? Can you explain that initial experience to us or, or break it down for us? Oh, most definitely. Well, I was about 17, maybe going on 18. And uh, friends of, you know, about four of us were in a convertible. And it was a beautiful... Dusk. It was around dusk. It was really nice. We had the top down. And we would like to go to this haunted road. Of course, everything haunted back then and still. Nothing's changed. So we decided to uh, go down this haunted road and pull over to the side of the road and just hang out and talk. So we're sitting there. And I, you know when you feel that weird, strange feeling of something staring at you? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Right. You just feel it. It makes your skin crawl. And, um, and I could smell something. It's like, oh, well, it's the woods. But I could still feel this creepiness. So I turn and I look to my left and I see this huge creature standing there. I didn't hear nothing. Kind of sound. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Just being like four, five feet away from me. Just standing there. Huge. He had to be eight plus. Wow. Unbelievable. So I'm, I start screaming. The guys look over. They start screaming. The driver's trying wow. to fumble. He's in the car. I'm trying to call, crawl under the seat. He can't crawl under the seat. Yeah, no, and, not uh, for not trying. <laughs> yeah. I, I tried. If I could have laid, oh, boy, conformed to something, I, I couldn't knock him seat. And so and you're trying to crawl under the seat. What's the, what's the uh, Bigfoot doing right at this point? I have no idea. My head was trying to get under the seat. <laughs> I'm getting, uh, <laughs> I don't have any idea what it was doing. I did not care. Okay, I wanted out. So we're screaming down the road. And we get onto an, uh, a main road. And we pull over a cop. And we're screaming at this poor police officer, this poor guy. He was, like, trying to calm us down, and he's like, well, I'm going to go there, and I'll check it out. And I'm like, don't go there. The monster's going to get you. He's going to kill you. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm screaming, and we're all screaming at him. And uh, that was the end of that until uh, I think it was Channel 10 did a news thing on me and my group. And <laughs> they actually found that poor cop and confirmation was right there you know with the, with the reporter but um that's basically what got me into it i mean it took me a while i, I kind of blocked it out for years right like post-traumatic stress or something because you don't see that every day yeah no yeah no doubt no doubt 
And and to answer your question, what I think the Bigfoot was doing at that time was laughing to himself, going "works every time." <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what? He probably was. He it very well could have been. Very well could have been. Well, Jason, you're not going to believe this, man, but we're already at the halfway mark of the show. So, ladies, if you'll give us just a moment, we're going to handle a few things. Now, I do have an announcement to make, and we kind of want to touch on uh, something that was brought up during last week's show. Um, in honor of the wonderful and amazing Reverend Robin Marie's birthday, which was uh, just very, very recently. We're not going to talk about age, of course, because, yeah, yeah, we just don't do that here. Oh, be um, quiet. <laughs> Go to <laughs> well, Robin, in her infinite generosity, has agreed to give away one of her amazing shirts. And if it's the same shirt that I saw the last time that we were at a conference together, it's fantastic. I can tell you the the, the artwork on yes. it is just amazing. Amazing. Yes, it's, it's so So after I came out of my... Um, <clears throat> induced coma, <laughs> we'll just leave it at that, um, kind of came up with the idea of, uh, we'll do this giveaway. Um, if you are interested in winning a free Robin Marie t-shirt, please send us a message through our Facebook page, and that would be facebook.com forward slash living paranormal show. Please make sure you put show at the end of that. If not, you end up in the land of flying toasters and rainbow kittens. Um, however, if you send us a message letting us know exactly, yes, I want a shirt, in two weeks from today, we're going to do a drawing and we will pick one lucky recipient to get their very own shirt from the wonderful reverend robin marie so that being said guys if you're interested definitely find us on facebook and get signed up and let us know that you are interested in having this very very unique collector's item because believe me they are amazing looking i love the design work on them with that being said if you're listening to us live right now you're hanging out at one of two locations you are either at livingparanormal.com forward slash live which is the home of our weekly show where we have a usually and today is no disappointment active chat room or you're listening to us at freedomrocksradio.com freedomrocksradio.com is the home of some of the best music on the internet today and if there is music playing and you want to hear something special and specific and you don't hear it by the time you leave well it's pretty much your own fault because the djs there love to play your requests so definitely check them out and i'm sure you will not be disappointed jason can you tell them how else they can hear us please well, if you're listening to us or want to listen to us over on Archive, you can certainly find archived copies of the show over at www.livingparanormal.com. All you have to do is click on Past Shows, and you'll be treated to all 113 episodes of the shows we've done over the last little over two years. Now, if you want to go ahead and search for a particular topic, a particular guest or author, then all you have to do is type in the name of the guest or book in our search engine, and if it's been talked about on the show... We'll have a link to it. Uh, we like to link through our bookstore that we have. Now, please keep in mind, we do not receive any proceeds from the sale of the books. That's not done for our profit. It's done for yours. We want you to be able to access all of the media and all of the books that we refer to whenever we do refer to them on the show. So just do a search on livingparanormal.com. Now, of course, that's not the only location you can find archived copies of our show. You can also find us over on blogtalkradio.com slash livingparanormal. And uh, we do love our blog talk radio fans and family. We appreciate all your listeners around the world are listening there. Uh, we we uh, also upload these shows after they have been produced, the week after we, we air them uh, live on Sundays from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and uh, if you want to catch some of those podcast uh, shows that we release, in the fully produced version, just type in Living Paranormal in your favorite podcast aggregator. You'll be able to reach us there. And, of course, over at Contact Living Paranormal, if you want to shoot us an email, 
Uh, you know, actually, that's not the only way you can reach us, Rob. You know the other way they can reach us if they want to send us a message aside from uh, Facebook and uh, contact the Living Paranormal? This is a test, and this is a hard one. How else can a, read, a listener reach us? I'm going to go with astral projection. <laughs> okay, the, the other way people can <laughs> uh, is going that was a good one, though. Good one. It's livingparanormal.com. It. Go over to About Us, click on the About Us, and scroll down. There's a form there you can enter. You can enter an email address, real or fake, a name, real or fake, if you want to. Uh, it, just submit your question there. Clickety-clack, hit send, and it'll get over to us, and we'll respond to it <clears throat> eventually. We'll get over to you. No, I'm just kidding. We get to it as quickly as we can, but we do. Uh, there's a bit of a delay, of course. We do have to go through the emails and correspondence, but we happy to reach back to you if we are able. And if you have any questions, we can even answer on the air. Be more than happy to. Of course, that's once again contact the livingparanormal.com for the email or livingparanormal.com. Click on about us. That's how you can get a hold of us. Right. And if, if, you, if you guys don't mind, I will, I will throw this little addendum on there. If we have permission to use your name on the air, if you give us feedback and it's something that we would like to share with the rest of our listeners, please give us permission in your email to use your name. If not, we have to leave it from anonymous. And who are we to stop you from getting part of your 15 minutes of fame? So. Yeah. Definitely, please let us know if it's okay. Definitely, definitely. And I like to use the word definitely as much as possible in this segment. So I just, you know. He definitely does. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So either way, moving <laughs> <laughs> on from there. No, but it def- I, I do want to be sure that everybody does have a chance to enter that show, once, or the contest once again, to send a message over to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash livingparanormal show. Don't forget to put the word show at the end of that. But back to the wonderful conversation we've been having with the equally wonderful, gracious uh, guest tonight, Dina. And also we have Reverend Robin Marie, of course, our wonderful third co-host on the air today. And for the second show in a row, I might, I might add. Awesome. Uh, we are very, very fortunate, very blessed to have some time with you, Robin. So thank you. We do love having you here, honey. Just definitely. Oh, I enjoy being with you guys. Oh, gosh. We are popular. <laughs> now, uh, it, the as far as the, uh, the the Bigfoot experience that you just shared, you know, definitely something that I would not uh, want to be a part of. I have to admit, while I'm curious about Bigfoot, I'm not going to go running out looking for him or her, whatever that may be. And I'm surprised <laughs> that that initial reaction responded. You no, know, actually, I'm not surprised because it's anything about a paranormal investigator. Whenever you're afraid of something, you usually run straight head at it. <laughs> so it makes sense. That, that you started to look for this Bigfoot after you had the experience. But after that initial experience, have you had a great many more? I've actually had one at one of my favorite um, places that I like to go research, uh, like both ghosts and um, Bigfoot. About 10 years ago, he was right in the same area I, that I seen the first one. So, um, yeah, I dive right in onto the, in, into the Bigfoot um, I go out with a tent. I go out by myself. I sleep out there all night and uh, knock on trees and, you know, I get I get responses. It, it's a lot of fun. I don't think that they're out there to harm us because if they were, they probably would have got a few people already, you know? Oh, yeah. True. True enough. Although we've, had, we've heard of some Bigfoots actually showing aggressive behavior in a few instances on this show alone from some of our past guests. But, um, yeah, no, you're, you're, I, I believe you're right. I mean, who's to say as well, a country as big as the U.S. alone 
can definitely hold a simian of that size uh, and secretively as well. It can support that. So, well, you know, it, it, it kind of reminds me of something, Jason, not to interrupt you, and I do apologize. No, no, please, go ahead. But, you know, around the turn of the century back in the early 1900s, now I actually have to say which the turn of which century since we just recently went into a new one about 14 years ago. Um, <laughs> People believe that the gorilla was a mythological creature because they were unable to find remains. And, you know, when they actually found the, the for lack of a better term, smoking gun, it completely set the the, uh, the world of uh, biology and zoology on its ear because here's this mammoth animal that's, you know, very, gorillas are not small by any stretch, that everybody believed was just a folktale because of their habits of how they cared for their dad, things of that nature. Do you feel like that Bigfoot can fall into that where Bigfoot supposedly has a higher intelligence level than what you would, I guess, portray a gorilla as having? I think they're very intelligent. I mean, they they can be right in front of you and you won't even see them. You know, um, they're masters at disguise. They're very, very quiet, obviously, because I didn't hear anything when... Uh, the first one creeped up. And I have to say creep up because it was so quiet. It was like it, there was nothing there, and all of a sudden he's right there. Um, they're unbelievable. They're just they're very intelligent people. I call them people. I think they're people. Now, who's to say? We don't even know. They could possibly have even have a society. If Bigfoot is real, they could possibly have a society as well. I'm on. A, I'm, I'm honestly, to be full disclosure, I'm on the fence about Bigfoot. I think it's quite possible that Bigfoot could exist. Of course, as I said earlier, it's possible for the ecosystem within North America to support a creature like that. There's been stories of a Bigfoot type creature throughout humankind and cross continents. So that's that's a little strange that you have that commonality. Um, some would say perhaps it's an ancestral memory or, or not necessarily memory, but experience has been passed down of our uh, of our cross communication with Neanderthal man, but you never really never really know. That's an interesting idea or a theory. Um, but would you say your Bigfoot experience was more terrifying than any of the other paranormal experiences you've had? Oh, definitely. Um, I didn't know what the heck it was. I've seen ghosts all my life. I, I didn't know what this thing was. It, it was something out of this world. It was, it, to me, it was a monster, you yeah. know, and yeah. it didn't want to hurt us. It could have. It could have knocked all our heads right off. We were in a convertible. Top was down. And, and you could have just seat. picked one up right out of the seat and get me away. I mean, it could have just yeah. made me his wife. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. No, then that actually answers one of the questions we commonly get. And Kim had actually asked her earlier her favorite question: What's your most terrifying experience? So I suppose you could say Bigfoot. Was I love that question. question. It really is a good question, though. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and one that definitely needs to be asked each show. So I wanted to just run that by you <clears> for a moment. What would you say that was your most terrifying paranormal experience outside of Bigfoot? Have you ever had any moment where you were? Not necessarily terrified, but scared or concerned or worried or maybe even outright terrified. Um, being chased. I was chased once, but I didn't leave. I just was walking real fast and trying to avoid, because I could feel it on my, like, just on me, like on my back. And um, I have to say that was down in the USS, I think it was the USS Salem. Um, oh, think, really? Yes. Down in the mess. Oh. The mess. Oh. I couldn't make it. So the southern part of the Boston Harbor. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, it was smothering me. I couldn't wait to get out of there. I had to go wow. back up on deck. So, um, yeah, that was, I'd have to say, the only thing that made me almost do the dude run, but I didn't. <laughs> I just didn't breathe. Isn't it funny how that one that one moment from that particular TV show always sticks out in the investigators' minds? That that uh-huh. dude run moment because yeah. yeah yeah a That's lot of investigators yeah a lot of investigators have had those moments where they've had the gut check and it it sounds like you fared a lot better, Dean. I'll I'll point that out than than he did. Well, so. I couldn't breathe, so I had to go up top. I couldn't. It was wow. smothering. And being attentive, it's it's it, yeah. It's nauseating almost. Right. Yeah, the ship, it it is a very creepy place to be on. Well, it's the USS Salem, I think is what you you refer to, the the USS Salem, is that right? Yes. Yes. That name alone (laughs) sets expectations, so that's a fantastic name for the ship, but wow. Now, the the experience you had within the, on board the USS Salem, uh, did you get anything from it aside from that choking feeling? Did you get a sense of being a sensitive? Did you get any sense for what kind of spirit was doing? doing or was doing it was an or? angry man. Angry man. Woman should not be on that ship in that mess hall. That's what I was getting. He was like, get the hell out of here. Get out of here. Because he knew I could feel him. He knew I knew he was right there. So he was on me because he knew that I could feel him there. Oh, okay. So you feel like he targeted you directly, partially because of your sensitivity, or pretty much directly because of your sensitivity? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Definitely. Definitely. What do you mean, yeah, Robert? So we've had to... that, well, many, many investigations on there, and I've held um, actually the grand opening of the film of Ghost of Fire was shown on there with the, um, you know, from part one. And, and this is my film of Centralia. So we, we did have the Boston showing of that. And, um, oh, my goodness, we had, I don't know, probably about 75 people or so down there. And it was all the exact same thing. You know, and these are people that are not associated with the paranormal field. These are just, you know, Joe Blow that came to go to an event and watch a film. And they're walking through the ship, and they had very aggressive things being said to them. And I've had a personal experience with a spirit there, and it was an older male. And I won't even tell you, but he said something very, very insulting to me. Oh really, was so, it vulgar, or was it just or just mean, outright mean? It was mean. It, it was a personal comment that he made about me. But again, it was disrespecting women and not wanting to have women on a ship. Wow! So it's kind of like a, a just a confirmation of the experience that Dina had, and a wholly separate. Mm-hmm. And you know what's funny? Somebody told me the mm-hmm. story that actually women had helped build that ship. They welded it. Yeah. Yeah. And and it, it's kind of funny that this 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 jerk of a ghost was trying to basically strangle me out of there. So it's definitely a place you should visit if you really want to go and have um, an experience. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm feeling a road trip coming up, I'm just saying. You know, it's not... Oh, yeah. Y'all have so many great... I mean, we do too here, 
But y'all have so many wonderful haunted places to explore out there on the East Coast. Here in Texas, I have to drive for like 12 hours to get to any <laughs> outside of your first. Oh, there's so much in San Antonio. Oh, there is, and I love it. It's just I would like to go. I'd like to say, Rob, pick me up on that road trip. Let's do this. But it's about a thousand miles out of your way, Rob. Pick me up, man. Could be good. <laughs> when you do that, well, you have to hop on your covered wagon out there and come across. I know, right? Jump in the truck and just head on out. I should do that. Actually, that's an idea. But mm-hmm. right there. Either way, we digress. The, you know, one thing that Robin mentioned just a moment ago was the fact that uh, you have written several books. What was the first book that you had, that you or actually mentioned book writing. Uh, you're an author yourself. What is the first book that you wrote on the paranormal topic? Let me ask you. Um, I wrote about Bigfoot. It's called Legend Meets Truth, Bigfoot in Rhode Island. And I wrote that a few years ago. It, it's um, compiled of stories of, you know, different eyewitnesses in Rhode Island that had, um, had experiences with Bigfoot. And it also has my story in there and, and some other things. Um, an interesting little book. Hmm. I, actually, I actually have a link to the Legend Meets Truth Bigfoot Island uh, for, to Amazon uh, in our chat room right now. And, Dina, if it's okay if I can link this in our website as well. Is that all right? That would be great. Cause I, I don't have a, uh, my whole PayPal thing set up right now. If anybody's interested in my books, they can uh, inbox me. I do have some on hand. Um, Outstanding. And how much are they right going for you know, I think Legend Meets Truth is fourteen ninety five, and this my second book, Encounter, is fifteen ninety five. Outstanding, and Legend Meets Truth yeah. can be found over. Uh, if you can want to inbox Dina, you can certainly as well. We'll get that contact information in a moment. But Legend Meets Truth is also on sale on Amazon at fourteen ninety five, and it's an Amazon Prime as well, so you can get it in two days. And I'm totally gonna have to get this one again. I'm gonna read this book within the week because I noticed you can also get it on Kindle within the week. I'm gonna be reading this book, Dina. So you're probably gonna hear from me when I'm talking <laughs> from some of the stories uh, in the book. I'm probably gonna end up messaging on Facebook. So that's pretty outstanding. I like that. What was the impetus for writing that book? Um, it all started with um, basically my story, and uh, I'm like, you know what? Why not write a book? When, when I started telling my story about Bigfoot in Rhode Island, and in my experience, other people started coming to me and saying they had the same experience on the same exact road. Isn't that kind of creepy? Same road. So, um... I'm like, you know what? I should just write a book about this. This, this is too interesting. It's, it's not a coincidence. Why are these people describing the same thing on the same exact road in the same exact area? Wow, so, yeah. So, you know, it's, it just came to me one day. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to write a book. Why not? Yeah, we've had a lot of, and uh, reading the reviews on the book itself seems to be very well reviewed, so definitely recommend that as well. Not a particularly uh, overly long book, so you are be able to read this in a few settings or a few sessions of reading, so it's going to be a great way to get your head around or wrap your hands around a few experiences about the Bigfoot phenomena. So if you are curious about the Bigfoot phenomena, definitely recommend that, just to get a few experiences that you may not be able to hear otherwise, kind of off the beaten path. And when we talk about Bigfoot research, anything off the beaten path is definitely well looking at, because that's going to be <laughs> that's going to be pretty far out there. So outstanding. Now, have you seen? It, it's reader friendly too, so young. It, it's geared for for any any age, um, pretty much. 
So it's something that you can just digest and easy to read, very well written. It's easy to read. Yeah, I don't want to put big words in there. And, you know, who wants to read a big word and have their thesaurus right on the side of them so they have to look up the damn words? (laughs) (laughs) Right. I got to say, the Kindle helps you look up words when you go run into problems. I've used the Kindle word lookup thing. I'm like, what is that? That's true. Yeah, and what's funny is he ends up using those words the very next week on the show, like he did earlier today. So yeah, yeah. it really works. Fourteen syllables. (laughs) Well, I like to drop my fifty cent words. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. It's fine. Now, when you're preparing for your, when you are preparing for your your Bigfoot investigations, how does that differ? That setup differ from looking looking for uh, ghosts. How does that kit? Well, you need your hiking boots. And your bug spray. <laughs> uh, you can't be here. Your your casting powder. Your survival gear, just in case you get lost out there in the woods. You know, you need a compass and, and uh, food, and make sure you have plenty of water. And it's 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 it's, it's a little different. Do you have uh, a lot of uh, equipment as far as uh, video equipment or audio? Do you take anything like that along with you when you're doing your search? I do, and but you know what? This iPhone, it does everything. It really does. True. So uh, I pretty much bring my iPhone and maybe a small camcorder, just in case. I don't have uh, the the therm and all that, the therm cameras and. Yeah, actually, if you if you stay on on the uh, phone with us when the show ends, I can give you a little bit of information. Might help you save some money in that aspect as well. Okay, Dana. Okay, great. Yeah, I yeah, think well, a bear you're, would you're, be great. I'd like to know if there's a bear. Sure. Fun. Well, no, here's the thing, and I'll, I'll just go ahead and throw it out there for our listeners as well. I was being selfish. I don't know why. Um, there, there's actually a FLIR device that you can purchase that works with any of the droid-based phones or tablets, and it is significantly cheaper. Now, it does have a little bit of a delay, a little bit of a lag to it, but it does work just as the larger FLIR units, and we actually have one on our team now, and it only cost us, I think it was a little bit less than $300 to get. So it's not a huge investment. Um, it's called the FLIR One O N E, and um, it's a, a, you know, I'm not sure what kind of range it would have in a wilderness setting, but I do know that we've used it on a couple of investigations, and we've actually returned some exceptionally positive results with it. So it might be something you might be interested in looking up, Dean. It might be able to help you in that aspect, and you don't have to drop ten grand to get the big unit that you carry on a backpack. Well, yeah, my my pack is already like fifty pounds, so if I can get something a little lighter. That would be great. <laughs> and, uh, lighter in the pocketbook would be awesome. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I'll actually send you the. Cool. Uh, I'll send you the name and everything as well, so you you would have it for your record. So, um, but oh. it it works exceptionally well. The app itself is free, and you just purchase the device itself. I know Jason noticed Jason was nice enough to actually post a link for it in our chat room also. Um, and like I said, we've used it um, not only last night at the Ramsdale house, but we've also used it on a uh, couple of other locations that we've been. And we've actually turned a couple of cold spots that we couldn't explain as well as uh, a uh, interesting um, – <clears throat> Well, let's just say they didn't know the dog was using the carpet. We'll leave it at that. But uh, it 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 literally picks up it 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 picked up the temperature difference quite nice. Um, I'm not sure if they have an iPhone version or not to answer Eddie's question, but I do know that they do have the one that does work uh, is fully functional with any of the uh, Android based uh, newer Android based phones. So yeah, actually, oh, that's the, great. 
the FLIR one, I just put a link up to it in the chat room, as Rob mentioned, and I'll go ahead and include it in the show notes as well. Uh, it has very positive reviews. I've actually seen it used once, and it wasn't used in person. I saw it used as kind of a general review on YouTube. Um, however, the uh, FLIR one, what I was seeing during that use is that it can be a bit buggy at first when you're trying to get it up and running. But once it's running, you may have to disconnect it and reconnect it. But once it's running, it's great. Uh, as far as the sensitivity on this, if you're wondering if it's any, if it's sensitive at all, it's actually able to read a temperature range of negative 4 degrees Fahrenheit to positive 248 degrees Fahrenheit. That's negative 20 to positive 120 Celsius. It can detect differences down to 0.18 Fahrenheit or 0.1 degrees Celsius. So very, very excellent tool to use if you have an Android-based system. And I apologize, I'm not showing it's compatible with the iPhone at this time, but it is compatible with the Samsung S5 and up, uh, the Nexus, uh, Motorola Nexus 6, the Asus Nexus 7s, and the HTC One M8 and LG V400, just to give you all an idea as to what it works. Uh, although the uh, LG 400, does, the video recording does not work very well. So if you are interested in that product, look very closely at the device compatibility chart to make sure how it works for your device because they do report different results based upon the device. So definitely recommend looking right. into that more. And sorry to sidetrack you there, Dina, but we def definitely want to get that information out there. If there's a new kind of thing to use or a new tool or toy to play with. One of the things I love about this hobby and profession, I should say, for some and for myself as well, is, is all the tools that we get to use. I love doing that. Do you have a favorite tool or device that you like to fall back on during your investigations or anything of that nature? Hmm. Oh, let me think. I like it's my okay. EMF detector. I really like my EMF detector. <laughs> I just really do, and my dowsing mm -hmm. rod. Did you have recorder. Any, what's your, what's your uh, EMF detector? Do you know what kind it is offhand? Oh, jeez, I'd have to go look in my toolbox. Offhand, I really don't know. I think it's a God Master, actually. Okay. Yeah, I, I've actually seen those in action. They're very, very nice, and uh, they're very uh, they're sensitive. You can you they they've got mm -hmm. a good good scale to them. So yeah, heard great feedback about the Gauzmaster. I like my little K two meter too, but it's basically the same. I like it because it lights up and they don't make sound. Yeah, like no, the Gauzmaster makes squeakies. <laughs> yeah, the Gaussmaster is nice. It's only about thirty nine dollars or thirty nine ninety. There's a link to it on in Amazon that I just put up. Thirty nine ninety, and it's Amazon Prime as well. So grab that if you can. That's a, that is a good device. And if you already have an EMF detector, a good fallback device is always great. Whenever you want to confirm spots or confirm EMF readings and things of that nature, it's a good idea to use something like that. So yeah, an excellent excellent tool. Now you mentioned dowsing rods. When did you start using those? Oh, geez, about. I have to say, almost ten years ago. You're interested. And what, what turned you on to a dowsing rod? I've seen somebody use them. Um, a couple of friends of mine were using them, and I was really interested in. And I started using them, and they started they moved on their own, and I'm like, oh, this is really really cool. So I started making my own. Excellent. Really? What do you make? How are you making your own dowsing rods? What are they made out of? I was made making them with copper and um, metal hangers. Nice. The copper was for the handle, mm -hmm. and uh, the metal hangers. Robin has some. She has, she has some nice ones. Yes, yes. And how do you see you, any? You uh, sell those, kind of... don't you? Say Robin. again. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Say that again. Ben? I interrupted you. I apologize, Dina. Could you repeat your question again to Robin? 
I think Robin um, sells them, actually, on, on her table at conferences. Yes, I do. Yeah, really. They're really nice. How much do they mm-hmm. go for, typically? Oh, my goodness. He's in the shopping mood tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have ones that, that probably around between 15 and 30, because I carry a couple of different sizes. Nice. And so in the yeah. dowsing rods themselves, when you're talking about dowsing rods used during a parallel investigation, I don't think we've really discussed dowsing rods in detail on the show. Rob, do you remember us talking about dowsing rods before in uh, detail? In not in detail. No, I know we did cover them briefly as far as kind of how they're used, but we didn't really get too much into the uh, science slash background nitty gritty well, of it. Yeah, not needed to get so much into the science of it, because science of dowsing rods, that's an interesting topic enough, as <laughs> long as it is. But uh, as far as dowsing rods and the differences you get between that and a, and a meter, a, a traditional Gauss meter EMF detector, uh, do you see any differences there, Dina? Have you noticed that there's a different uh, methods to using them, or perhaps they work in better in, in various situations, whereas an uh, EMF detector would not work so well? Do you find any differences between them? Um, actually, I really, um, sometimes, not always, but, um, my EMF detector usually goes off the same time my dowsing, ro- my dowsing rods will move. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like confirmation. Yeah. And I, I like that confirmation. I'm always about debunking or confirmation on, um, paranormal activity. True. Now, dowsing rods themselves, though, do in some circles carry, you know, admittedly carry a bit of, of a stigma with them. Some people don't subscribe Why? to the school of thought that dowsing rods necessarily are. Who said that? I want to know. I wanna know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like we're carrying a Ouija board now. Come on. True. This is something well, that goes back actually to the ancients who mm-hmm. came before humans mm-hmm. here on Earth. I mean, everyone. Everyone has used dowsing rods. You can find water with pieces of wood. Absolutely. And and when we look in shamanic practices and Native American and and other natives across the globe, that uh, you know they they were finding water. I mean, even in Egypt in biblical days, that uh, you know you can find references to that because it, it is attracted to water. Okay. Now, I've never personally used dowsing rods, so a quick, easy tip to those that are thinking of using dowsing rods for the first time. So we've piqued someone's interest that's listening, and they're like, you know what? I'm going to spring for some dowsing rods. I'm going to try it out. Uh, I'm going to go to you real quick, Robin. Do you think? Do you have any tips uh, for the use of dowsing rods for investigations, uh, some do's and don'ts? Well, this is the most natural thing that you can use. And like Dina was saying, it, if, whether you believe in it or not, that's fine. But you can use it as a backup. So if you're getting something with the dowsing rods and your meters and a medium that might be with you, then, you know, it's a good cross-reference to use. True. Very true. Very, very true. Uh, Dina, do you have any uh, tips or or any last words on the dowsing rods, so to speak? Hold them away from your face and straight out because... um... Yes. When they swing around sometimes, oh boy, don't, don't, don't get it near your eye. They have a mind of their own. They, they just, <laughs> it's true. They really do. Are yeah. you there, dowsing rod to the eyeball? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine are really long. I made them so long that you have to really stretch your arms right out. I almost mm-hmm. whacked my eye out one time. Oh, wow. <laughs> 
That's when you get to have a fun time explaining to the surgeon, isn't it? Well, I was out ghost hunting. <laughs> you know? He's a jumping rock guy. <laughs> That's an interesting story every time you start off with, well, I was out ghost hunting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a fun conversation. You know, we'll, we'll, have to do, um, we'll have to do a show one night on um, divining tools, all different tools that are used, natural things. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Bones and and uh, the rune stones and dowsing rods. Yes, yes. I personally Ouija boards. Just kidding. Mm-hmm. Well, no, that's an interesting topic. I'm glad you brought that back up, Dina. You seem to be having a negative view on the Ouija board. Personally, myself, I'm not. I, actually, I don't. I use Ouija boards only with my for my own personal use. Mm-hmm. Um, it's another way of divination. It's like using a, a, a recorder and asking the spirit to talk on the recorder. It's talking on a board. Um, I think a lot of people might have had some bad experiences with it. Um, I have, well, maybe once when I was little, when I was young, teenagers, and, you know, yes, question, and I think it come flying off the wall, but it's just another form of divination, and... You're asking for it. You're you're playing with the spirit world. So, whether it's a Ouija board, dowsing rods, or digital recorder, or anything else, exactly. So you don't necessarily encourage their use during investigations. Oh, I wouldn't bring it to a client's house. No, definitely not, because of the stigma that it has that it holds. Right. You just don't do that. And I've had people in my group that have brought them to people's houses. And I'm like, mm-hmm. get it out. You know, get this out of here. Because, you know, it's not tasty white there. Like, what is he doing with that? You know, it's like, I didn't know he brought it in the house. He's not going to be on the group anymore. Done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's definitely oh. something I would encourage you to use a Ouija board investigation. I think Rob and I have gone on record saying that as far as using an investigation. It's very hard to, you have the stigma, but then you also have the, well, the Ouija board got a hit. And that's a weird thing to bring up during an investigation, especially when it's you're... It's okay, but, you know, it, it's just that it's more like a parlor game. And I just don't feel it's professional. Right, it's true. That's very true. Yeah, you just don't bring it to clients' house. You just don't. Right. No. Well, do you feel that there's any inherent, anything inherently dangerous about the Ouija board? Do you discourage their use in general for the uninitiated, so to speak, for lack of a better word? Or, or do you think they're perfectly uh, benign? I think it's, I don't think anything to do with this field is benign, actually. No matter what you're doing, you could be, like I said, using your EMF detector or using your digital recorder or using the Ouija board. You're asking something to come forth right you don't know you don't know what's going to come forth whether it's the Ouija board or whether it's your digital recorder I've had some pretty nasty things said on my digital recorder I wasn't using a Ouija board <laughs> you know I've had some yeah. pretty, pretty sick things said on my on my digital recorder you know, mm-hmm. it's it's funny you bring that up because we have a high tolerance for EMF for EVPs. We will we would love to get those messages in the EVPs. Like, did you hear that? It's so clear. That's great. Irregardless, or work, I shouldn't say irregardless. It's not a word. Regardless as to whether or not it's it's a good say a good statement or a bad one. Like, for instance, it could say "get out," and you'd be like, "Oh, did you hear that? That's amazing." 
But the instance that comes on the Ouija board, you're like, burn it. Burn it and bury the board. <laughs> so get it out of here. <laughs> Quick, I know, right? Up. It's funny how we're like that. A little double standard, but I think it works well. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't encourage the use of a Ouija board either during investigations. Robin, do you you said that it's just not professional. It's definitely not something you want to bring out. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just not appropriate. And, and it's certainly not taking the scientific approach, and, and I like to put that in there. You can do that. Additionally, you can add on to something or say, you know, okay, now we're going to do something that's a little more entertaining, but I like to have solid evidence and solid proof. Now, I could actually sit down with a Ouija board and I could rock it. I could actually pull messages through and everything else. But like Dina said, you're opening a window. You don't know what's going to come through. You know, there's always the potential of something is coming through. But equally, I have many good spirits that speak through the board, as well as tarot cards or with the dowsing rods or anything else. So it, it's it's a crapshoot, you know, and I feel, uh, you know, you're making things be very vulnerable, you know, when, when you have a client that's there that might be struggling, you know, in fear and has you in there to help, um, you know, make something peaceful. I, I don't think it's the right time to be doing something like that, and, and it's so risky. Yeah, I agree. I concur. Absolutely. Now, uh, Dina, you've, Reverend Robin mentioned that you've been on, that you've both been on uh, TV and, and other video projects as well. And I know you've been a part of the uh, the uh, Spirits of, uh, suddenly I blanked the name of Ghost of Fire. Ghost, Ghost of Fire. Wow. I, he was going to come out with Spirits oh, and Ice. Yeah. I, knew he, I knew it was coming. Spirits and Ice mm-hmm. was coming right out of his mouth. What was I going to say? What did you say I was going to say? S- spirits and Ice. You, you just <laughs> new from Disney. <laughs> you know? Yeah, the spirit ice capades. Yeah, no. I was, was going to say spirits of flame instead of ghosts. <laughs> I'm sorry, well, Robin. If we want to change the name, that could be the second um, show. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Part three. Please send your complaints to contact at living parent. Sorry. I actually, I brought Dina in on Ghosts of Fire specifically to be the person that went in to uh, kind of explore a little bit more about my being chased by the black-headed man or dog, whatever mm. that was. Why so did you choose where she, well, she specializes in crypto now. Mm-hmm. So I thought maybe she could give her opinion. Because I have Native American in the film that's actually telling that, you know, they felt it was a shapeshifter. And I thought maybe we should look at it from, uh, you know, cryptozoologist's point of view. True. So she came, she jumped over walls, she, she explored the area and everything. So it's very interesting. Wow, that is interesting. So, aside from the Bigfoot phenomenon and the cryptids, cryptozoology, you mentioned that Bigfoot was your main man, your guy that you like to, to look around for. Are there any other cryptids that you're looking at possibly branching off into in the near future, Dina? Um, depends on what pops up. I mean, it's what I've seen. I've seen Bigfoot, so it, it's just my main thing. It's just right. So, if you have another experience. 
you're not a, you're not shy of looking for them further. But right now, you're you're concentrating on Bigfoot since that's what your your forte, I suppose you could say, is in this particular field. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. Robin? What were you saying, Robin? Yes. I'm sorry. Didn't mean to talk over you, man. What were you oh, saying? Oh, I was there? saying, you know, Big, Bigfoot's only one aspect within cryptozoology. So oh, definitely. To, yeah. Right. I mean, right. and we don't know what you saw out there, Robin. I, I believe you saw something with dogmen or. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we were on Native American land too, so you know it could have been something like that. Other people feel it was uh, extraterrestrial. So, right. Yeah, it, it, that place is creepy. Anyway, place it really, I mean, it's a ghost town. It's burning from underneath. You can see smoke coming out of the ground. It's like, well, you guys were there, right? Oh, yeah, I was there, definitely. Mm-hmm. It, it's an amazing location, and it is one of those places where you honestly start to believe just about anything really can happen. I, I mean, oh, it's just the legitimate feeling you get when you're in that location because it's so surreal. And it's one thing that I pointed out to Robin the first time I was there. When you're driving down the streets and you're seeing the sidewalks are in pristine condition and there's driveways and stairs going up to what used to be homes and now it's just like the hand of god reached down and scooped these houses up and moved them it, it really it it sets a, a very unbelievable and surreal stage for what you're doing and it's a very unique location yeah, certainly in cool. mm-hmm. was just i have to say was one of the cre- one of the creepiest places i've been to just just like you said surreal mm-hmm. There's not yeah, a sound. There's, there's no an airiness. Bugs, no mm-hmm. nothing. It's smoke coming out of the ground. People abandoned that. The whole town was a, was abandoned. Uh, should I mention to them, though, the first time I took you down there, it was like 19 below zero. It was six degrees, Robin. Oof. Yeah, it was just horrible. Yeah, I was sitting near to me. <laughs> I was sitting at a smoke hole. Getting warm from the fire in the ground. I was so cold. I'm, I don't care. Yeah. I am so cold. My Six fingers. Degrees. Nothing. Six degrees Fahrenheit and fifteen below zero are bottom, but pretty much the same thing from anywhere from San Antonio. Too cold. Yeah. It, it, exactly. Yeah. It was so cold. My it, eyeballs were frozen. It was and, cold. and everything. <laughs> Yeah, everything was snow and sheets of ice, and it was sliding all over the the um, the area. I mean, it was just terrific when we wound up going. But I liked it, you know. Now in the film, especially continuing with part two, not to dwell on the movie, you know. But although I hope everybody gets it and we get this put together finally, oh, that yeah. um, now we're there every season, so you get to. The kind of experience what every season would bring, you know, if you haven't been down there. Yeah, and you know, the, it, it brings up uh, some interesting points, too, when you're watching this, because you get to see what it's like to do these investigations in all different climates, because it does, your approach drastically changes based off of the weather patterns, because I know when you and I were there, for for example, yeah. Robin, you know, we're standing out in the rain 
pouring rain with umbrellas and doing EVP sessions. Yeah. I mean, that, that, you know, most people don't realize that you rarely get ideal circumstances to do this type of work. <laughs> you know, so if you do get a house mm-hmm. that's in pristine mm-hmm. condition and the weather's perfect and you don't have bugs flying in your ear while you're doing it, then treasure those investigations because 99% of them are not going to go that way, especially when you're dealing with a place mm-hmm. like Centralia, the outdoors. It was amazing. But, you know, Dana, it does bring yeah. me to, to want to see if um, kind of a question, I guess. Um, have you seen any type of a connection between, um, you know, like Bigfoot and in, and the spiritual activity like uh, ghosts? Is there, do they walk in, and I know this sounds kind of strange, but do they, you know, walk in similar paths or does one increase maybe the likelihood of another? Because I know you mentioned the one place you like to go is a, was a kind of a hot spot for both. Um, is there like a recorded history of that being across the board? Um, I've had... A- Quite a few people come to me and say they have seen Bigfoot in, in, in graveyards. So in graveyards, really? Wow! In graveyards, in yeah. and around graveyards. Yeah. Yes, I've had more, more than ten people tell me, and I'm sure okay. there's a lot more out there. That I have, I have to ask real quick. Why you just said graveyards? Do you think that there's a correlation between Bigfoot kind of like? Man, I, it almost feels slanderous to ask, but I'm going to ask it. Do you think there's a correlation between him possibly having a ghoulish side? Is he kind of like pick, picking graveyards because he may be scavenging, for better, for for lack of a better word? Uh, you know, um, I don't think he's scavenging. Um, I don't know. Maybe they bury their dead around graveyards. I have no idea. They could probably disguise, you know where they bury their dead, maybe on the other side of the wall. I have no idea, but it's just, it's too many stories, and I can't ignore it. Yeah. When you get that type of, when you get that many people, though, cooperating that type of information, um, you know, it, it does lend a lot more credence to it. It, it, a certain number of times it can be raw coincidence. After a while, you have to start to look at it as there could be a pattern forming in this. So that's what it's sounding like to me, at least, is that, that mm-hmm. there may be a correlation between the two. And I wonder if it has something to do with because you would have to assume Bigfoot would be a being a creature of the land, for lack of a better word, um, would be very in tune to nature and its surroundings. And if you're looking at things and I'll just use the, the rocks you mentioned before that were magnetically charged or even uh, the Earth's natural energy through ley lines then a logical conclusion would be that they would have to, I guess, walk in the similar path then since they both would be feeding off that same type of information. And before I rudely interrupted you, and I'm sorry about that, but before I interrupted you, you were talking about Bigfoot's possible correlation with spirits, and Rob asked that question. It's a very good question. Aside from him appearing, uh, apparently being around graveyards, have you seen any other correlations, possible correlations? I've heard of uh, UFO sightings and Bigfoot sightings in the same area. Um, I haven't seen the UFO yet. I hope to. But I've heard um, of UFO sightings and uh, Bigfoot sightings. So that's kind of a correlation right there, too. What are your thoughts on that? Do you feel that there's any possible connection in your experience and research on Bigfoot between that and UFOs, or is that something that you uh, aren't really looking into at this point in time? You know what? I look into anything Bigfoot, anything anything paranormal, anything UFOs. Um, I, I, just, I don't know. I like it all. And I do believe. I do believe that 
we have, there's a lot more to UFOs than that meets the eye. I mean, maybe some people don't believe in that. I don't really care because a lot of people don't believe in ghosts either or Bigfoot. But I, I do believe that there is there's something going on with that. There is. I mean, are they extraterrestrial? I mean, who knows? Maybe we are the extraterrestrials. Maybe Bigfoot was here before we were. That's How do we I know? don't know. There's a lot of people in my family that resemble Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to mute myself because I'm having a laugh slash coughing fit over here, so I apologize if you hear silence on the line for a while. For a while there. Very true. Now, then you mentioned earlier that if people are interested in, in buying a copy of your book, of course, they're, they're welcome to check out Amazon.com. Um, and also, it will be on our site in our guest bookstore. But uh, they may be able to, to inbox you or possibly even contact you directly. What is the best way for the general public or anybody else that's interested in speaking with you about Bigfoot or possibly reaching out to you for even assistance or working with you or buying a copy of your book? What's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Well, they can get me on Facebook and uh, message me there. Or they can get me on BigfootSeekers at gmail.com. And BigfootSeekers is one word, gmail.com. Or they can message me um, on Facebook. And that's Dina Palazzini. And that's uh, Dina Palazzini. That's spelled D-I-N as in November, A as in Alpha. Palazzini, P-A-L-A-Z as in Zulu, I. And as in November, eyes in India. So I just want to be sure yeah. to get that out there. Because people misspell my name all the time, and it's Olivo. It's very simple. <laughs> people put extra letters on there, like Olivio. I'm sure you've run into that, like Palazzinio or Palazzini or weird pronunciation of your last name for some reason. People cannot get yeah. it. <laughs> it's funny how that works out. So just to make sure everyone knows, it's Dina Palazzini, P A L A. Z-I-N-I. And of course, we will have her email address uh, in the show notes, as well as uh, a, a quick link to her Facebook page. And uh, I've also included that in the chat room, uh, if anyone's interested in speaking to her uh, after the show, of course, uh, and contacting her directly. Well, I, you know, I guess this would be a good point to um, to kind of move to this. So, uh, you know, we like to find out what's going on with our guests coming up. So, uh, Dina, what do you have down the road? What's What's next on the plate? Well, a friend of mine is putting on a conference, ghosthuntersofconnecticut.com, and it's the Connecticut Paracon of 2016, and it's July 23rd and 24th. The ticket's $15. I will be a guest there, and along with a few others. And um, all the proceeds go to horse rescue for uh, thoroughbreds, charred thoroughbreds. So the proceeds go to that, and there's going to be a lot of good stuff um, in auction, like books and signatures and all kinds of fun stuff. So, you know, it's a cheap day, $15 for a ticket. Why not go out there? Um, if you go on ghosthuntersofct.com, it's all one word, and you can get more information there. And it's a, it's a great time. Meet some cool people, and it all goes for a good cause. Yeah, it seems pretty neat. I wish we had to put up a link as well in our chat room and took a look at it real quick. Looks like there's going to be a lot of great speakers there. Uh, looks like they're even talking about some uh, auctions that are happening 
as well. All you have to do is uh, go to ghosthuntersofconnecticut.com. Once the auction starts, you can bid on things that are signed by the authors, such as The Possession, based on a true story, The Dibbix Box from, by Jason Haxton, even uh, uh, the, a copy of Please Talk With Me, a signed copy uh, of that as well. Uh, of course, we had Krista Cesare on uh, previously, and uh, if you're interested in more about that, you can, of course, listen to his episode uh, when we talked about the, the haunting of Geneseo State College. Uh, but, yeah, that's really neat. I'm glad you brought that up. What are you going to be discussing at that show? You know what? Talk about whatever we talked about on this show. I am so <laughs> open to just spontaneity. I'm a very spon- <laughs> I'm very spontaneity. Very so, spontaneous person. About, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. To be about Bigfoot, to be about ghosts. Um, I just like to talk about the experiences, and I love, love to listen to other people's experiences. And Actually, I'm going to be going to Maine and doing some stuff in Connecticut with Chris and his family, and it's it's always a good time hanging out with uh, the ghost hunters of Connecticut. So, I just, I mean, I can't wait to share it all with everybody, and hopefully a lot of people up this Paracon, and it's all, like I said, it's all for uh, a great cause. Absolutely. Sounds great. All right, well, you know... Um, Stick on the line here with us for a moment. We'll go ahead and get this finalized. Please remember, guys, once again, we are having the giveaway going on right now where you can get your very own Robin Marie T-shirt. You can contact us through uh, contact at livingparanormal.com or through our Facebook page. Once again, that's facebook.com forward slash livingparanormalshow. Once again, please remember to put show at the end of that. So uh, we'll have that drawing in about two weeks, and one of our lucky uh, entrants will actually win a mm-hmm. very, very lovely designed shirt. So, um, yeah, there you go. Hey, you got, you got to love the glitter. You got to <laughs> love the sparkle. I'm just saying. All right. So for, for, uh, both Dina and, uh, for Robin, for also for Jason Olivo guys, my name is Rob Henry. I hope you guys have a wonderful night, a better tomorrow, and we will be back same time next week. So make sure you turn in for another episode of living paranormal. Have a wonderful evening. Adios. Ciao.